Hello and welcome to Wineskins, a program that features the lives of the saints and reflections on the Sunday readings, along with information on a variety of topics and issues from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Jim Corda. Our program is brought to you through the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts, a division of the Society of St. Paul. Our interview segment today will feature Ralph Holzhauser. We will also get a glimpse into the life and times of St. Bernardine of Siena, along with reflections on the readings for this sixth Sunday of Easter. That and more on Wineskins. In our current issue segment, I will speak with Jill Valentic from Catholic Charities. With me today is Jill Valentic, who is the Executive Director of Catholic Charities for Ashabula County. Welcome to Wineskins. Thank you so much. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. And Jill, every time you're with us, we learn so much about the wonderful work up in Ashtabula County that you're doing, your agency, your staff, and there's a special program that we're going to talk about, it being Mother's Day, Mother's First Step. Talk about that program. Well, first of all, when I think about all the different programs that really help people, it's our parents. A lot of times the day-to-day stresses of life, and sometimes when we're running into financial hardship, it's really hard to figure out who to turn to. And when you have an infinite home or you have growing toddlers, there are expenses that are just unplanned. And usually what happens is those expenses can really take away some from some of the basic needs that parents have, or it makes it hard to purchase items such as diapers, formula, sometimes a crib. And that's where our first step program comes into play. And our hopes are is to be able to provide a wraparound service without providing stress. You know, it's interesting, on Mother's Day, we lift mothers up, but especially now when we're thinking of some of the hardships that a lot of moms are going through and the needs that are out there, what can we do to help you? Well, first, keep all of our parents, mothers and fathers, grandparents, foster parents, those that have become guardians to children, in your prayers. They need all the support, and your prayers go a long way. The other thing I wanted to mention, and many are familiar with this program, and it's our first step for change campaign, which is between Mother's Day, May 14th, and through Father's Day, June 18th. And this is our opportunity for really all Catholics and also others of goodwill to be invited to participate in this annual pro-life, pro-family fundraising opportunity. And how can they participate? Is it obviously prayers, but is it financial? Is it volunteer work? What exactly can they do? Well, first, I was going to say most of the parishes should have information in their bulletins sharing about this program and providing them the opportunities to donate. Their donation goes towards the material items that many of the parents aren't able to fit in their budget. So that type of um, donation, monetary donation, goes a long way, especially when we're talking about diapers and formula. And the cost is always going up and down. You know, it's interesting, as you were mentioning about formula and diapers, those things which are so crucial and necessary are sometimes so scarce, too. What are some other items that will help the moms? Sometimes it's food items, hygiene items. We think about taxables, and many people who receive subsidies, such as, let's say, food assistance, 
also known as the SNAP card. A lot of times people think you can buy toilet paper or you can buy shampoo or deodorant, razors, things that are needed for us to maintain our regular everyday hygiene. It's actually taxable and it's not provided or offered as an option. So those items we also provide in, I'll just say bags, like we actually have nice hygiene bags for people in need. And on top of that, you know, if someone comes in for diapers, we might say, hey, do you need shampoo? Do you need soap for your children? Do you need shampoo for your babies? Those are the items that we would also purchase as well or have offered to those families who walk through our doors every day. We think of the blessings that we have as God's people, as human beings. We have a roof over our heads. We have food on the table. We're able to at least pay our bills. And yet among us, near us, our neighbors don't even have the basic necessities. So we lift them up today. And what would be a message from Catholic Charities Heart that you would share with those people who are in need and share with those that are helping them? First, I'd like to say that you can come in anytime. All are welcome at our agency. Catholic in Latin means universal. All are welcome. And what happens in their home or in their life is unique and that we would look at as a person-centered approach, not what is everyone else going through. So our hopes is that you would come in and trust and trust us to help you or give us the tools to help you through your journey, through your struggles, through your hardship. Or maybe we can give you also some new inspirations and connect you to other resources within our agency or other agencies in our community. That's what we do. And if they want to contact the agency, how do they do it? The best way is to call our agency at 440-992-2121. And someone will be there to pick up the phone, say hello to you, and direct you to the right person. And if you're internet savvy, you can go to uh, www.ccdoy.org. That is absolutely correct. Jill Valentic, Executive Director of Catholic Charities for Ashbula County, thank you for your ministry, for your work, and God bless you on Mother's Day. Thank you. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. St. Bernardine of Siena was an Italian theologian and apostle of Italy. To tell us more is Brother Joshua Seidel. He is from the Society of St. Paul in Canfield. This great popular preacher and promoter of devotion to the holy name of Jesus died at Aquila, Italy in 1444 and was canonized six years later. Born near Siena, St. Bernardine lost his parents before he was seven years old. After completing his studies at the university there, he entered the Franciscan order at the age of 22. His first 12 years as a Franciscan were spent mostly in retirement and prayer. But in 1417, he began a ministry as a preacher. From 1438 to 1443, he was commissioned to reform the Franciscan order. But he succeeded partially in reconciling conventuals with the spirituals. He also worked as a peacemaker between feuding cities. In 1427, Pope Martin V asked him to accept the bishopric of Siena, but Bernadine refused. Then from 1430 until 1442, he returned to the task of reforming the Franciscans and was great success. He died at Aquila in 1444. He was canonized six years after his death. The Latin version of the opening prayer of the Mass focuses on the particular trace of St. Bernadine as a reformer, preacher, and writer. 
In the English translation, however, the theme is St. Bernadine's special love for the holy name of Jesus. Then we ask that we may always be alive with the spirit of your love. To appreciate the importance of the devotion of the holy name of Jesus, it suffices to read the excerpt in the Office of Readings. Bernadine considered the name of Jesus to be a compendium of scripture and a symbol of unity. He invented the logo, IHS, meaning Jesus, Savior of Mankind, and he had it painted on a board which he would hold aloft in the pulpit. Some persons accused him of superstitious practices because of this, but he was exonerated after investigation by a team of theologians. Pope Nicholas V stated in the Bull of Canonization that Bernadine served and followed Christ. We do well to remember St. Bernadine's statement, made like a true Franciscan. If you speak of God, speak with love. If you speak of yourself, speak with love. Take care that nothing is in you but love, love, love. The opening prayer states, Father, you gave St. Bernadine a special love for the holy name of Jesus. By the help of his prayers, may we always be alive in the spirit of your love. For Wineskins, Brother Joshua Seidel. Joining me now is Ralph Holtzhauser, who is the Diocesan Director of Music for St. Columba Cathedral. Welcome to Wineskins. Thank you so much. You know, Ralph, it's a pleasure, first of all, to have you on the show, and second of all, to learn more about what you do as the Director of Music here at St. Columba Cathedral. So for the folks that are with us, tell them a little bit about yourself where you grew up, what you studied, and what brought you here to Youngstown. I grew up in Rocky River, which is just 15 minutes outside of downtown Cleveland. Grew up in the Catholic schools of Cleveland, St. Chris, Lakewood Catholic Academy, St. Edward High School, and I have been playing the organ for full masses since I was seven years old. At a certain point, you kind of realize, wow, this is the thing that I was kind of meant to do. And I really, really, really haven't changed that thought process, and it, it, I just love it. So as when I saw Youngstown was opening up, I, I had to audition because I've always wanted to go to that next level and kind of learn. And this job has already, in a short amount of time, taught me quite a lot, and I really, really do enjoy being here. Well, we certainly appreciate your presence here in the diocese, and we thank you for the gifts that you bring. And I would imagine that your family, your parents over the years kind of like encourage you to do that. And I would imagine those in the school system encourage you and in the church encourage you. You know, as we look around us, there are not as many organists or church musicians as there once was. Why is it important for us as church to teach those and also to encourage people to be more involved in music ministry? Well, I mean, good liturgy is a dialogue, back and forth. You know, you have your spoken word and you have your sung word. And if that dialogue is not supported, if it's not done well, then you don't leave Mass feeling nearly as good as you would if it was great. And, you know, it's especially being in this sort of world, when you feel that, like, spark, you feel that call and response, it's just, there's nothing like it. And I know that you, you teach music also in, in your job here, but also in your work over the years. What 
is the greatest pleasure that you have when you teach especially young children? Oh man, just seeing them get it. Kids have never been told no before, especially in the musical arena. And uh, when I used to work in the grade schools, I mean, I would just tell kids just to get up there and just, you know, sing that this was their week to sing, say, a psalm. And we'd, of course, go over it. But boy, seeing them get up there and just sing it with, you know, they were nervous, but they did it. And then they knew they got it. That was like the greatest feeling, I think. You know, it's interesting because we often learn by example. And I would imagine in your life, you had examples. Can you point to any person, not necessarily by name, but anyone that encouraged you to do what you do now? Oh my gosh, well, if I can mention a name, Bob McMurray was quite instrumental. So he was the music director of St. Chris in Rocky River, and he put out a little blurb in the bulletin saying, any kid that wants to come up to the choir loft and play, come on up. And so I had been playing piano since I was two. So I had been having lessons and everything, and he saw that, and he's like, okay, time for the organ. And so that's kind of what made me do this. <laughs> Get me on that path. Let's talk about what it takes to be a church musician. You know, there's a difference between playing for an audience on stage and then playing in the sacred liturgy. What's the difference? I'd say that, well, church really isn't a performance, but it does toe that line, you know, which is a very interesting thing. You're there to entertain as a performer, and I've done that on many an occasion. But being a church musician, I think in a lot of ways is quite a bit more difficult. The music's always changing. You always have to be prepared, and especially if you're the director. Boy, that's just another added level of organization you have to do. And not only that, that all comes together to the liturgy, again, with that call and response, and you know if that preparation has been done. Let's talk about one thing that's always been part of what I think we should do whenever we plan or prepare for the liturgy, and that is to practice. You know, how often we go into some endeavor mm -hmm. and we go in cold. That, that happens sometimes. Yes. But in yeah. our profession, we need to be prepared. We need to practice. How important is it in the life of a church musician to practice? Oh, gosh. It's, it's just as important as if you are a performer. Because, I mean, I can tell you just personally, every single day at the very minimum, you know, and this kind of goes with my performance and liturgical life, I'm at the console like at least three hours. And that doesn't count the hours of me like organizing and thinking about like what I have to do just for choir, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So even if you've done it a million times, you should sit down and you should practice. You know, music changes and we know that, you know that. How can we change when the music changes? You know, there are certain songs that I always like. There are certain songs that we always sing, for example, during funerals or weddings. Why is it to kind of get into all kinds of music to appreciate all of it mm -hmm. or to make sure that we are sharing different kinds of music with the folks? If we were to just focus on, you know, say like our 10 favorite funeral songs that we've had forever, that's fine. It brings back a sense of calm and a sense of familiarity. But I think, especially as a church, we're very, very diverse and we tend to like to go back towards what we're familiar with. So if we want to keep on moving forward as a church, well, why not do that, especially through music? And I think you also 
compose and write music yourself. I do. Talk about that facet, because I think it's one thing to be able to play and to sing, but to compose and to write is a whole different so I was lucky enough to also have a degree in composition as well, and I just kind of always did it. Back in high school at St. Ed's, in the back room of the band room, we had these computers, you know, with these MIDI keyboards hooked up, so I had no idea what I was doing, but I kind of started to record stuff, and boy, that opened a whole new world of how do I approach music, and it's great gift. Is there any particular kind of music or genre of music that you prefer that you like? So I perform at some jazz clubs. So I love playing jazz, but I've also recorded, surprisingly enough, for rock and metal bands before. And I go to those concerts. And I think that the more you can be a sponge and absorb from all other genres, it makes you such a better musician all around. Sure. Well, it gives you kind of an appreciation for that. What would you like to tell the folks that are with us about why you just love what you're doing. It gives you kind of a sense of uh, community, I think, especially with the people that you work with. And if you have that striving towards excellence, and that's what I've always tried to do, especially in the musical field, boy, you all just lift up together. It's not just a one-person thing. And I guess a little bit more personally, I just, there's something about just sitting at any sort of keyboard and playing. I mean, it's allowing all the emotion, everything to come out. And there, I don't think there's a feeling quite like it. Ralph Holzhauser, Dawson Director of Music here at St. Columba Cathedral, thank you for your presence on Wineskins, and we look forward to you being present again. And God bless you in your work, in your ministry, and in all that you do. Thank you so much. For Wineskins, I'm Father Jim Corda. For more information and to listen to Wineskins, visit the website www.catholicecho.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The annual Diocesan Appeal, One in Hope, One in Mission, is the primary activity of raising funds to help the clients of Catholic Charities throughout the Diocese of Youngstown, as well as supporting the many ministries and activities of our Diocesan Church. This year's goal is $4 million. While that seems like a very vast amount, it is an attainable goal when everyone throughout our Diocesan community recognizes the way in which God has blessed them and offers whatever resources possible, coming from all of our parishes across our six counties, to truly be a people of charity, a people of hope, a people of mission. I thank you for your gift to the annual appeal, and I hope that together we might all continue to be one in hope and one in mission, building up the life of the church and building up the presence of Christ for all in need. God bless you. By the time we can walk, each of us yearns for the joy that comes from being able to do for ourselves. Church World Service believes that being self-reliant is a joy everyone should share. So around the block or around the world, share the joy. Church World Service. 33 million Americans have descended into poverty. And as their futures fall, so does our nations. Our song today is from the CD entitled Handmaiden of the Lord. It is by the Daughters of St. Paul.
Our scripture reflection for this sixth Sunday of Easter will be done by Father Matthew Rorig. He is from the Society of St. Paul in Canfield. In today's gospel, Jesus is talking with his apostles at the Last Supper. He was trying to prepare them as best he could for the shock and trauma they would go through when he would be arrested and crucified. In last Sunday's Gospels, we heard him tell that he was going to go to get a place ready for them in his father's home, and then he would come back to take them with him so that they would be together always. Now he tells them that even though he is leaving them for a time, he would not leave them orphans. First of all, he would give them another paraclete, a Greek word translated as advocate or comforter or intercessor, helper or mediator. Of course, Jesus was referring to the Holy Spirit, yet the Holy Spirit would not replace Jesus. Rather, the Holy Spirit would help us to know that Jesus has not really left us at all. For Jesus tells us, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Jesus assures us the reason he will remain with us and the reason he is giving us the Holy Spirit is because of love. From the beginning, he has loved us, and he asks only for our love in return. In our gospel today, he gives us a criterion to keep us from thinking love is just a matter of having warm, fuzzy feelings toward him. The test of true love for Jesus is to do his will, just as he has always done the will of the Father. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. He says it twice in today's short gospel. In other words, love is measured more by what we do than by what we feel. It's not that feelings are bad. Having warm, loving feelings toward God or toward others is wonderful, but love has to go beyond just feelings or it's just superficial. In his love, Jesus gives us another helper, a paraclete, to be with us, and he himself remains with us too. We meet him in prayer, in gathering with other believers in the name, in the scriptures, in helping others, and in the sacraments, especially the Eucharist. I have a story I would like to share with you to help connect the Eucharist with Christ's continuing presence. Several years ago, I was called to hospice to be with someone who was dying. I took off in my car and pulled out on the road. Someone driving illegally ran through the red light and their car hit my car right in the driver's side door. My car ended up turned around on the other side of the street and it was totaled, but I was not hurt. Before I left church to go to hospice, I got a host from the tabernacle so I could take communion to that person. That host was in a small container in my left pocket between me and that speeding car. You can call it luck or providence. I believe in providence, and I believe many of the things we call coincidences are simply incidences of God choosing to act anonymously. I believe God was literally my rock and my fortress that day, acting as a wall of protection between me and the car coming at me. The Eucharist is Jesus, the Son of God, who remains with us and helps us on our way until we can be with him forever. May you always remain united with him and know his care and his love. For Wineskins, I'm Father Matthew Rory.
Anytime we do God's work, it is the world's biggest business. For what business compares with working in union with the living God? God's very presence assured in the life and work of God's people. Wineskins is made possible by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and St. Paul's Catholic Books and Gifts. Wineskins is produced by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown. I'm Father Jim Corda, thanking you for being with us. Have a blessed Sunday. And we of Wineskins want to extend our love and prayers to all of the moms this Mother's Day. have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I thought uh, I love her. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I bought her an orchid. What have I done for my marriage today? I sent my husband a love email. I read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Make a change for the better. Need help? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. They say America is the land of opportunity, but for some, life isn't so easy. Right now in America, one in six children lives below the poverty line. That's nearly 13 million children of all races all across our country. Where do you draw the line and get involved? You can make a difference in more ways than you think. Go to povertyusa.org today because one in six children in poverty is one too many. A message from the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. 